It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Good to be back in the hot seat. Uh, it is Monday. It is PTL time. Thank you so much for being here. I am refreshed. I had a nice little four-day weekend. The stories are absolutely endless. I can't wait to share them on the air with you. Uh, some really cool stuff, some sad stuff, and, and a little bit in between, but a lot to get to. Uh, for those of you that are wondering why I wasn't here, one of the reasons why is I'm, I'm a big golf fan, and I was out there watching the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open. Congratulations to Tom Kim. I have some very interesting stories from the week that I will share from that golf tournament and uh, plenty of other stories to get to. I lost a, a friend and uh, somebody that has got quite a history. Um, I'll get to that a little bit later at the bottom of the hour. Had a chance to meet Jacob Dillon from the Wallflowers. That was an interesting show at the Stratosphere. Spent uh, some quality time with Vivica A. Fox. I'm going to get to that. Don't worry. Uh, and then in hour number two... Um, Brian Kilmeade just embarrassing himself on Fox News once again. He does that every day, but we'll get to that. And uh, Joe Biden, and, and, and my opinions on Joe Biden and his stance that he's taken with Israel and the people out there that continue to be on the wrong side that I will also uh, discuss. UNLV football with a big win. Uh, and I say big because, listen, no matter how bad Nevada Reno is, they still went on the road and they won a football game and they're 5-1. and one. So congratulations, UNLV football. The Raiders, I wouldn't be as congratulatory about them beating a, just an absolutely horrific Patriots team. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and, of course, the Las Vegas Aces. I will get to the Aces right off the bat, but first of all, Chris Wynn, thank you for filling in for me Thursday, Friday. I appreciate that. We will get to some of your critics later on this segment, but I thought you did a pretty good job. Uh, uh, you know, I'll give you, like, maybe a, a, a B. Brian, Brian Shapiro, Brian Shapiro, radio critiques. Eh? Yes, there you yes, go. Very yeah. much so. Uh, from from my uh, little brother. That's good. Hey, uh, good times on Thursday and Friday. No question about it, Brian. Good to see you back. And of course, uh, look, when it's Monday, we always have a plethora yes. of topics to get into yeah. because of we're coming out of the weekend. But we especially do now mm -hmm. because uh, you had an opportunity yeah. to have a couple of days off last week. Right. And so uh, there's going to be some uh, there's going to be a landslide of stories, I'm yes. sure all B-SHAP oh, yeah. related that we can get into. And, of course, uh, we not only had uh, a number of things that happened from a sports standpoint over the weekend and an entertainment standpoint, but, of course, we still have the ongoing situations worldwide that need to be sure. addressed. And, of course, we'll be giving our takes from yeah. a, you know, pushing the limit standpoint. So because there's so much to talk about and yeah. so much to catch up on, usually I start with the biggest news story of the day, which, of course, would be Israel and everything that's going on there. But we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. I want to do a little bit of storytelling to start. Uh, by the way, Scott Gully Gulbrinson from Silver and Black today. Talk Raiders. We'll be doing that now. We're number two. He's going to be a guest of ours. Yeah. So Wednesday night, I went to the Las Vegas Aces game last Wednesday, which was game two of the WNBA finals. And we'll catch up on game three in, in a little bit. But as I mentioned on the air, I was going with a very special guest. And that special guest is a friend of mine. And that is Vivica A. Fox, actress, director, producer. And everybody's been asking me, how the hell do you know Vivica Fox? What the hell is she doing hanging out it's with you? It's a fair question, yeah. folks. People want uh, to know. So um, I will start from the beginning and do a little <laughs> bit of storytelling here. But first of all, let me just explain to people how I know her and how we are friends. Um, 
a guy that's been on this show multiple times. He's also an actor. His name is Miguel Nunez Jr. If you ever saw the movie Juana Man, he's the guy that starred in Juana Man. He's been in a bunch of Eddie Murphy movies. Um, I've been friends with Miguel for, for several years. And he invited me to a Laker game a few years ago. He's got courtside seats to the Lakers. And he's like, Brian, anytime you want to go to a Lakers game, I got you. He's a great guy. He's also been on this show multiple times. And he was just at Sapphire last month. Yeah. He showed up and did the show with me at Sapphire. Great guy. So long story short, I mean, I'm going to be telling a lot of stories here. I'm going to try to right. make them, you know, not too long. But I go out there to LA and we're supposed to be seeing the Lakers play the Suns. And he, and he calls me when I get there. He's like, Brian, you're going to kill me. I'm like, what's wrong? I got COVID, bro. I can't go to the game. I'm like, you, you know, I can't, things I can't say on the air. I was angry. And then he goes, can you do me a favor? Can you take my friend Vivica Fox to the game instead? I'm like, yeah, actually, I would prefer that. I didn't say that. I didn't want to hurt his feelings, but, but, um, so, so Vivica Fox, who I've admired my whole life, I've enjoyed her movies. She's very talented, beautiful. Um, I took her to dinner in LA. This was a few years ago. Yeah. And we went to the game and we had a great time. And we've remained in contact since then texting back and forth she loves basketball and i said man you got to get to an aces game you know i gotta take you to an aces game because she used to be a part of the lot uh the la sparks team and she had a falling out with them i won't go into details but uh i will say this i take her side but she said yeah i want to go out there for the WNBA finals i made a couple calls shot a couple emails so uh we got hooked up uh we got a couple courtside seats to the game so i pick her up at the airport and um a mutual friend of ours, uh, Mike Dixon, his brother works security at the airport. So I hit him up. I said, hey, can you escort her from the plane to my car? So so that's how it started. She gets into my car. I had to detail my car, by the way, because, you know, I'm a messy guy. Uh, she's so nice. So I, I hadn't seen her in a little while. So, so there's a side entrance at Caesars where she's staying at. I guess it's where the, uh, I guess, celebrities and rich people check in. Really? Yeah, no, I used like, to work at Caesars. So yeah, there's like a, it's like I've recall. never I've I never been I've never been at Energy Sports. It's very low key. Okay. So I drive up there in my car, and he's like, "Where are you trying to get to?" And then I'm like, "I'm with Vivica." And then he takes takes a look at Vivica, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you're good, you're good." And then he just you know, it's amazing what a celebrity can do, right? Uh, the first class service, the free valet parking. We have a private driver that takes us to the game. I had never been through. I've been through a bunch of media entrances with you actually, but I've never actually gone through like the celebrity entrance behind Mandalay Bay. And that's where we went. We went to like the loading dock entrance where okay. the yeah. celebrities go in yeah. and out. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's how our day starts where we, we go in there mm -hmm. and Bill Lane Beer's daughter is a sweetheart. She's great. And she took care of us. So I had to go and I had to buy some nice clothes, you know, and I uh, bought some clothes and uh, I'm with Vivica. And as we walk in, we're sitting literally exactly in the same seats where LeBron James sat for game one, like literally. Um, so that was, uh, pretty cool. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting there with her and we're sitting courtside and I'm getting a lot of stares from people that know me and the look I'm getting from people that you both know, the look I'm getting is yes. what the hell are you doing with uh, the again, again, no yeah. Chuck, fair <laughs> question, right? These are all fair right. observations, but I'm enjoying individuals. it, but I'm enjoying what it. What are you even doing yeah. there? Well, you're B shap. <laughs> well, I do know a lot of people, yeah. uh, from yeah. being in the radio business for 20 years. I know some prominent people. <laughs> Uh, but this was a little bit different, right? Cause I'm sitting and then we sit down and, and to make the matters even better, we're literally on the court. I'm two feet away from the coach of the Liberty. And then we're sitting next to one of the best female basketball players of all time. And, and since Vivica is such a huge basketball fan, she loved it. We're sitting next to Cynthia Cooper, two time NCAA yeah. champion. Mm -hmm. Uh, she coached in the WNBA. She's one of the best players to ever live. 
and she could not have been nicer. So we're watching the WNBA Finals, I am, with my friend Vivica Fox and Cynthia Cooper, one of the best p- players to ever pick up a basketball. Um, so that was cool in itself. And, and you have to juxtapose this against against the backdrop that Brian Shapiro is usually, you're usually a working media member that right. covers these games on a right. regular basis. Correct. So that's why, that's, that's kind of why the story is intriguing, yes. to be quite honest with you. So as far I, as the story is concerned. So there's so yeah. many stories. I mean, I met Flea from um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Dana White. I shook his hand, and everybody wants to meet Vivica Fox, right? So I run into – and now I'm a huge Curb Your Enthusiasm fan. And yeah. I run into Wanda Sykes. Who Love was also, her. Love her. And as you know, Vivica – and I've talked to her a lot about Curb. I said, oh, my God, these are my two favorite characters from Curb Your Enthusiasm. And, like, we're all talking. I'm like, I got to get a t- picture with both of you. I had to be a fanboy yeah. for a minute. And she could not have been nicer. And everybody wants to meet Vivica. She's so, I say this, there are celebrities that I've met in my life, and I'm sure you have as well. Absolutely. That you admire them, but they turn out just to be douchebags or like really bad people. As great of an actress, uh, and as much as I've admired Vivica A. Fox, she's even a better person. She is so personable with people. She's so kind hearted. She takes care of people. And I've talked to people that have known her for a while too. She just takes care of people around her. She's, she's a very good tipper. Uh, she's great with the fans. I can't even begin to tell you how many people wanted a picture with her. Even celebrities wanted a picture with her, right? Yeah. So I go up to Mark Davis. Now I've spoken to Mark Davis a number of times. He knows who I am, you know, but you know, I usually don't go up to him and talk to him. I, you know, I don't bother. I don't want to, what would I want well, to talk no, to him? No, there's no, so, real, yeah. so we're in the VIP room and I, I say, Hey Mark, how you doing? He goes, Hey Brian, can I, can I introduce you to my friend Vivica Fox? And his like eyes light up. And he's like, yeah, I'd love to. I'm so glad she's here. So I'm walking Mark Davis over to meet Vivica Fox and they're having a nice conversation. And he basically says, anytime you guys want to come to a Raider game or an Aces game, let me know. I'm like, well, maybe I can talk to you about that, Mark, because the, the, uh, your media people that work for you won't credential me. So but no, I didn't say that. <laughs> But that's, uh, but that's what I wanted well, to that's say. Kind of, that, that, yeah. That'd be a little bit awkward. Yeah, that would. To, I, to say the least. I didn't say that, Chris, but that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're in the VIP room. <laughs> I'm talking trash to the officials, and they're talking trash back to me because anybody who knows me knows that. Uh, I the like officials? To, what do you the, mean? In the game, I was talking oh, about okay. smack. All right. No. Yeah. I thought you said the VIP no. room. I'm like, wait, 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 what? No, during the game. I mean, okay, you, can, yeah. you can hear and see everything. I'm two feet from the action. You, you, you went all Ari Gold from Entourage on the I, officials I did on the a, sidelines, man? I, I did a little bit. It was, I spent 3K on these seats. I'll go out there yeah. and shoot a three if I want yeah. to. Right? We went to um, a nice dinner afterwards at Caesars. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just the best. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I, we went to breakfast the next day. I took her to the airport and she told me that she's going to do everything she can, um, if there is a game five to come back and we would go to another game. So that'd be a lot of fun, but it, it, it's, it's a night I'll never forget. It was such a fun evening, uh, with awesome people. And, uh, yes, yeah, so that's how I know Vivica A. Fox. And, uh, that's kind of how the night turned out. We had a great time. She's an awesome person. And, and Brian, um, yeah. to their point, though, right? You make an interesting point regarding celebrities. And because we're here in Las Vegas, we've been mm-hmm. in, the, in the media, particularly the sports media, right? We have a proximity that you just don't have. I talked about this on Friday Correct. with Nicole and others. As far as, you know, we don't, we don't live in Spokane, Washington. We don't work, we don't work in Seattle or uh, Kansas City, places where you don't necessarily have access to, th- to these types of, you know, high profile celebrities, essentially. Sure. So that's something that's a uniqueness about Vegas sure. and that both of us uh, happen to love about this town Absolutely. and being, be, and having mm-hmm. the privilege and opportunity to work in the media in this town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't take that stuff for granted. Uh, some yeah. of the friends that I have, you know, besides people like whether it be Vivica or Miguel, uh, musicians, the musician friends that I have are people that I grew up listening to, uh, that are friends of mine, you know, that 
I talk to them on a regular well, basis. Well, acquaintances with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I mean, well, I, I'm definitely a friend of uh, Richard Patrick, the oh, absolutely, yeah, a yeah, filter. Yeah. We talk almost every day, but we talk about politics and stuff. And I think the reason why, and by the way, I did that a lot with Vivica as well. I think the reason why I, I get to meet certain people like that and we talk is because I don't, I'm not talking to Vivica Fox about her movies. I'm not talking to uh, a musician about his, his or her music. I'm talking about other things. Being real with them. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're just laying it down. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I talked to Vivica like about basketball. I'll be honest. I did talk to her a little bit about Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm because I'm a big fan of that show. But I mm-hmm. like talking to her about basketball and she likes and she's good friends with Asia Wilson and some other members of the team. Uh, and that was cool. I met Asia Wilson's brother for the first time. Uh, we, it's amazing the people that you can meet, uh, when you're with a celebrity, like I'm, I'm talking to tank for like 10 minutes. I'm talking to tank and I, I meet flea who I've admired uh, uh, one of the yeah. best bass players on the planet. In my opinion, he's well, so, I'm a red hot chili papers, yeah. peppers fan. So I'd be geeked out by that. Super cool guy. And it was uh, cool too. You, cause you posted the clip, the, uh, video of Chelsea gray, the aces star coming over and hugging Vivica. Yeah, I'd yeah. expect that's uh, probably an LA connection because Vivica, mm-hmm. yep. although she grew up, uh, in, she actually grew up in my, in my home state in Michigan, as well right. as Indianapolis. Annapolis. Correct. Uh, she's been in Los Angeles a yeah. long time. She's been yep. there for, I want to say, 30, 35 years. So I would expect that there's kind of like a motherly, daughterly mm-hmm. kind of relationship oh, yeah. between Vivica Fox sure. and Chelsea Gray. And that's probably the connection. Absolutely. There. And yeah. she's friends with Asia as well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I can't say enough about what a kind hearted, sweet, nice person Vivica is. And I'm very yeah. lucky to to call her a friend. Very lucky. She's she's so awesome. And uh, even though I want the Aces to win the WNBA championship, there's a part of me that's rooting for it to come back. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into that later, but uh, obviously Chelsea Gray uh, hurt at, towards the end of Game 3. It could uh, be really bad for the Aces. Uh, I actually mm-hmm. think it is going 5, and I think the Aces might be in trouble. Now, I did pick the Liberty to win this series, uh, and uh, I don't want them to win. I am just give, was giving my prediction, so we'll have to wait and see what happens, but I can tell you right now, with Chelsea Gray not in the lineup, and I'm going Huge to make deal. an Huge assumption deal. Yeah. that she's Monster not going to be in the lineup. Yeah. That's an assumption. We don't know for sure. Well, if she's not, she it's, was, it, I mean, look, we're not going into a deep analysis here of Aces basketball, but they're in trouble. Yeah. Okay, If Chelsea Gray's so, not in the lineup for yeah, the rest of the obvious. series, they're in sure. trouble. So, Chris, yeah. members of the media saw her in crutches after the game. After yeah, that's, game that's not good. She's not playing game four. I don't think she's going to play the rest of the series. I'd be shocked. The reason is, and I agree with you, she is a floor general. She is the one who creates for others. Mm -hmm. She's probably their best ball handler. She's probably their best one-on-one player with her face uh, towards the basket, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, this is bad. So, anyway, that was a story that I wanted to uh, say that was a lot of fun Wednesday night into Thursday morning. uh, Just hanging out with Vivica. She's she's so so sweet and, and so awesome, and I grew up with her movies, and... And, uh, yeah, I'm really lucky to call her a friend. That's how I know her. Chuck and PTL Nation. B-Shap sightings on national television courtside, baby. Look at Spiffy, by the way. Sporting a brand new, nice red button down. He's got the sport coat going. (laughs) Don't underplay that, Shap. Can I tell you, Chris? You had your, you had your game, you had your, you had your thread game going pretty strong. So I gotta say. Can I add you that? Not just you. Yeah, you can. A lot of friends of mine were sending me screenshots as they're watching the game on ESPN and they see me like Mo, Paul McKeskey goes, Hey, I just saw you give a big fist pump and, and like, uh, you know, Every like every five minutes, I would get somebody taking a screenshot of me and Vivica sitting there and sending it to me, which was pretty yeah. cool. They showed Vivica on the big screen, you know, mm-hmm. up there, and I took a picture of that. And she's like, Shapiro calls me Shapiro. <laughs> send me that. Send me that. And I got. Uh, by the way, we're gonna get Cynthia Cooper on the show too. She gave me your number, and uh, and she's a legend. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was um, 
It was it was a night that I'll never forget. Very similar to when I went to a Lakers game with Vivica. Only this was actually uh, better for me, just because all my friends were there and it was cool, and, and you know, being in, in a familiar atmosphere. So that was kind of kind of cool. Um, I'm going to share you a funny story and a weird story, Chris. Okay. And I want to. And by the way, I'll give anybody any updates on you know. Hopefully, I can go with Vivica to Game Five. But anyway. <laughs> Um, so I took some time off, Chris, you know, that I'm a big golf fan. I Absolutely. Enjoy, I played college golf on scholarship. I love the Shriners hospital for children's open. Congratulations to Tom Kim, who was probably arguably the first, the best player in the field. Maybe the second, this guy, Adberg, uh, who, uh, played on the Ryder cup for Europe, uh, was probably the most skilled player in the field. And he came in like top five. He shot a 62 yesterday, by the way, Tom Kim was phenomenal. He played great golf again. And down the stretch, he 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 made some putts, and we don't need to analyze the tournament. But right, congratulations yeah. to Tom mm-hmm. Kim. So, so back to back, right? Back to back, back to back championships for yep. Tom Kim at the Shriners, and congratulations. And let me start off by saying this: I've always said this about Patrick Lindsay, the tournament director and Shriners. They do a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. They raise money for charity, saving children's lives. I'm happy to do anything and anything I can to help them because I support what they're doing, and I think Patrick's a good dude. And he's done a really good job. And they didn't have a good field this late this year. And it wasn't. His but every fault. other year, the last four yes. or five years, has been pretty solid yes. as far as the and field. It, correct. Yeah. And it wasn't his fault. It's just mm-hmm. bad timing after the Ryder Cup. And right. guys need rest. And <laughs> yep. so, so I don't, I want to be clear on that. I really support what they're doing. Um, so Thursday and Friday, I probably walked 20 miles. I'm not exaggerating. So I'm getting old. And my, my right foot, it is so it sore. Like I had to buy new soles and I don't know if it was the shoes I was wearing. It's still really sore right now. I'm having trouble walking. It just, I think it's just like wear and tear, just a lot of walking that I normally don't do. Um, so I'm, I'm dealing with that. And then yesterday I take my parents to the Shriners and my dad's really old. Both my parents are getting old. My dad's in his mid seventies. So there's a, um, there's a table there where the caddies are, where they assign carts to certain people. Right. You could be working for the tournament. You could be a member of the media. Mm-hmm. You can be. Yeah. So I go up to the table, very similar circumstance that I did three years ago, because I know they give certain members of the media golf carts. You could be golf channel, whatever the case may be, right? They give golf yeah. carts to members of the media. You could be taking pictures. I say, Hey, my name's Brian. I'm with KSHP. Uh, I'm with my dad. He's kind of old. And, and to be honest with you, I'm not, my foot is just killing me. Could I get a cart for a couple hours, just drive my dad around and, and follow the leaders? And, and lady that was there said, of course, no problem. Just sign it off right here. And I guess they were out of media carts. So they gave me another cart. They said, just take one of those carts right there. And, and there was a cart that's, I don't know what it said. It said tournament. Um, I don't remember exactly what it said on the cart, but it doesn't matter. Irrelevant. So I drive my dad around maybe whole six through nine watching Tim, Tom Kim. He said he wanted to watch the leader and it was great. Right. I'm able to spend some time with my dad. I, uh, the walking is, is limited. You know, we get out of the cart and walk a little bit because uh, I was in some pain. And then I, I, I dropped my dad off with, to where my mom was and I go to hole 10 and I watch them on hole 10 and I'm using the restroom and then I get out of the restroom. I don't want to use the term accosted, but uh, <laughs> two, uh, I'm not going to mention names, but two people who work for the PR firm, I believe, that Shriners, um, Hires, they basically outsource when it comes yeah, to the yeah. media. They basically set up right of the tournament. They basically right. saw me in the cart and yeah. they go up to me, Mister Shapiro. You're not allowed to have carts. And I said, okay, that's the first thing they said to me. And then I explained. Wait, to wait, them, wait, 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 time. Out. Yeah, that was the yes, the that's, wording. That's the first in the, thing in the in the initial yep, correct the initial yeah. ascent and approach. Right. Yes, towards B-Shap. So I explained right. to them in a nice, respectful way, just like I explained to you, Chris. Right. 
the process. Well, here's what I did. I went, here's why I got the cart. Yeah. Where's your dad then? Well, we just saw you driving by yourself. I'm like talking to me like I'm a school child, right? And I explained to them, I just dropped my dad yeah. off. I was That's gonna not going to work with right. Brian. I yeah. was going to watch a couple more holes <laughs> and then return the cart. Yeah. Um, very just condescending and disrespectful yeah. to me. And as somebody, and let me just ex- say it this way. I just said some nice things because I believe it about Patrick Lindsay and Shriners. The people that promote Shriners, this group, they're horrible at their job. I've never been offered any, any guests to come on. I'm always the one that has to ask for it. Mm-hmm. There was literally almost no local media there. Like almost, I saw Chris Matthews out there. I think the RJ covered it and maybe, if, but there was like almost no local. There's a reason for that. And it's not because there's so much. I know that there was a Raiders game. I get that, but you can still have other members of the media out there covering the tournament at different days, not just yesterday. There's a reason why the coverage isn't what it should be because the people that are getting paid to promote the Shriners are not good at their jobs. They sit in there all day in the media tent and they do nothing. They've done nothing literally to help me. Can I give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about? Yeah, but let me respond. Let me ask you a question and, and make have a quick take on this. First of all, what is the deal? It's 2023. Yeah. How do you not have people who are coordinated with the media yeah. individuals there who are having act? Look, look, call me crazy. This isn't rocket science. Mm-hmm. But if you have a table that you can go to and get right. access to a cart. Right. How are the people, I would expect the people that from that, uh, the, the, that firm that are working with the media mm-hmm. on the tournament have some types of earpieces in, right? Where they can, a- are able to use know. these things that we have in modern technology called radios, where you know people that have access to carts have been authorized to right. have access to carts. Well, I'll take it so why further. would you have individuals going out on the court? Mm-hmm. And I know this is kind of a long course, take or question that I'm asking you, Brian. Why would they not have access to the list of individuals who, in fact, checked out carts at this tournament? Because they don't know what they're doing. That's a valid okay. question. Yeah, and it I'll, is a valid question. So this yeah. happened to me three years ago <laughs> where they basically accused me of stealing a golf cart. Okay, I've been covering golf tournaments for 20 years. <laughs> So I had, so I took it a step further because I was pissed off. I went to the, uh, people that run the PJ tour, the, the, the head communications people that don't even travel tournament to tournament. Absolutely. And right. they, and they took care of everything. And, and I, I emailed them and they emailed me back and they were cool. Um, the, 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 the message I got from one of the last things they said to me was, and I'm trying to remember the exact verbiage that they used from these PR people who, in my right. opinion, are useless. Uh, they said to me, this is your second infraction, and if anything happens again, your credentials will be revoked. That's the way they talk to me. Here I am trying sounds, to promote- Sounds very very personal, Brian, yes, towards yes. you and I was by these individuals. Yes. And look, I know you're not naming them or whatever, but the, I, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's become abundantly clear just in the description of the story that you just told here yeah. on the air that these individuals have some sort of animosity towards you. They do. And, and you know what? I've been nothing. Something personal yeah, towards you. I've been nothing but when, nice. When you bring up, when you bring up three years ago, yeah. right, and say that this is your yeah. second infraction, yeah, and use that terminology. Bizarre. Like I'm going. That to is detention. absolutely an indication yeah, yeah, yeah. that there's something like personal I'm, like going I'm on breaking there. the law or stealing. Right. Things. Like, come on, man. And, and I'll yeah. give you another example of how incompetent some of these people are. <laughs> the same person in a golf cart that was talking to me that way, right, is the same person that I emailed, like on a Monday or Sunday before the tournament trying to request Lexi Thompson. I said, hey, is there any chance we can get Lexi Thompson, the LPGA player, to come on our show Wednesday? So after my show on Wednesday, they respond back to me. Okay, this is three or four days later. Oh, sorry, I just saw this email. Yeah, she's not available. I emailed the LPGA tour. Keep in mind, not even helping local people, the national LPGA, they got back to me within an hour. Hmm. 
mm-hmm. and they tried to arrange something with me. It didn't work out, but they were great. They got back to me right away. And these people that are paid to promote the golf tournament couldn't even get back to me. It took them four days to get back to me. And I'm sick of it because you know what? I, I'm happy to promote the Shriners. I always do. Yeah. I talk about I, Patrick Lindsay, nice guy. They never offer me anything. They never do anything to help me. And all they want to do is have this investigation on how Brian Shapiro got a golf cart at the Shriners Hospital. for If they put 10% of the effort into trying to help me get guests and promote the golf tournament, or forget about me, just in general, sending press releases out to, you know, sports people in this town to cover the tournament more, then there'd be, it would be great. But they put all this effort into Brian Shapiro trying to drive around a 75 year old dad around. Um, this is your second infraction. Oh, well, arrest me now. Sorry, I wanted a golf court so I could, uh, cover the golf tournament as a member of the media. And if that's the PGA Tours policy that, then why are there other members of the media with golf courts, number one? And number two, why is the table that is sign, signing golf carts signing them out to me? I didn't, st- you know, so as you can tell, I'm pissed off. You're, you're very fired up. Yeah. And by the way, the added on story here that you just told the last two minutes gives me further indication, knowing that that individual that you talked about that spoke yeah. to you on the golf course and also is the same individual yeah. that you had to deal with regarding Lexi Thompson, yeah. gives me absolutely all kind, all, everything I need to know regarding the personal and- beef. They must have. And I say with this, B-Shap. and I say this with all due respect to Patrick, to Patrick yep. Lindsay and Shriners, because I, I have nothing but nice things to say. I think Patrick's a really good tournament director. There was literally nobody out there on the golf course all week. It was virtually empty. I was talking to one person who was running a food truck out there, who said he had literally like next to no business. Um, there are multiple reasons for that. I'm not putting all the blame on, or really any blame on Patrick Lindsay or Shriners, but the PR company that gets paid to do that PR does a very lousy job. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Uh, it's embarrassing. Um, and I just thought I kind of laughed off that whole situation. Here I am supporting the tournament. I'm the only local member of the media that was there literally every day of the tournament. You'd think they'd give me a little bit more respect than they did. And I talk about the tournament on the air and I hype it up. And and heck, I took two days off just to go and watch. Well, I think actually they had a friend of the show, also JT the Brick, right? Wasn't he live yeah, on location correct. doing the show, correct. doing his show from yeah, there? So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So he did his show live out there. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's how that kind of went down, and it was kind of funny and kind of ridiculous all at the same time. And it kind of got and it kind of got Brian fired up on a Monday morning. Well, it's just it's just ridiculous, it. you know. It's like it's like yeah. the, some of the people in this town that they work, need to coordinate. Ner- do your job better, folks. Yeah. Okay, coordinate hey, you know with coordinate with your other officials so that you know who is authorized yeah. to have a golf hey, cart on the course. If I went and to the don't table- talk condescendingly right. to media members oh, was- who are there covering it and especially in a situation like that where there's just no need to create any type of beef i don't understand why you even they even step to you like that and approach you in that way in that way shape and form it doesn't make any sense to me no whatever um if if somebody at the table that gave me the cart said yeah mr shapiro we're really low on carts or or you have a history from 2020 where you (laughs) jacked a cart from us so we're not going to let you have one this time which is is absurd But that's not what what it no, was. That's no, not how it I, I would never out. steal a cart or steal anything for that matter. I always asked politely. I said, "Hey, yeah. here's who I am," and they were more than glad to give me a cart. And uh, you know, they were very nice. Um, so, if that's your PGA Tour policy, then maybe you need to have better communication skills with the people that are assigning carts, or have a list of people that are authorized to take a cart. But to 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 treat me the way they did, and and, and just it was I was very pissed off to say the least because. Uh, it, those are the type of things that make me not want to cover a tournament when I'm treated like that. When you're treated by an organization a certain way, 
some members of the media, and I know you've been like, well, absolutely, screw it, right? I'm not yeah. going to go. Uh, now, I love golf, so I'm going to go no matter what. But um, yeah, so that was uh, a little bit off-putting, and I hope in the future maybe they they treat people a little bit better. Rectify the situation, right? Yeah, Fix yeah. it. Also went to see the Wallflowers over the weekend. I've never seen the Wallflowers before. Got a chance to meet Jacob Dylan. I will say this. He is a very strange guy, and he sings a lot like his dad. Uh, the great- Jacob Dylan's pretty talented, though. No, he, he is. is. I mean, I, 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 I liked him back yeah, in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His, his father obviously made the family a lot of money, Absolutely. the legend Bob well, Dylan. He's a, he's, oh, he's a le- living legend. Of course. Yeah. He sounds a lot like his father uh, in a lot of songs. But uh, good show. It was at the Stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Sammy Hager there before. Nice little concert venue. Uh, so that was uh, that was fun. Went with a friend and kind of, um, even though I couldn't stand up, you know, the wallflowers. I had to sit down because my feet were killing me so much, and they won't give me golf carts. You sound like you're 75 years Shriners old. Shriners Hospital Come on. for Children's yeah. Open. Yeah. Anyway, that was fun as well. Uh, why not end this segment with a little bit of uh, wallflowers? But uh, here's what we're going to do, Chris. We are going to get to some politics. This is a little bit of a different show than maybe. um, But there's a listener that had a problem with Chris Wynn's show on Friday. So before we get to some other news, we're going to play that phone call. Got Chris a little bit fired up. Yeah, that's right. A caller called in and was critiquing Chris on the air. Chris isn't going to like that. Well, let, let me tee it up real quick. So I did the show up. with oh, friend like of the that. show, Nicole Mitchell, right, who does segments on Fridays with you, Brian, on yes. the show. Yes. And, of course, you know, when Nicole's on the air, we tend to do other topics that that we don't necessarily, that you're not going to necessarily do, right, on, from a day-to-day basis where you're going to break down current events. You know, you're going to have topics in which you're going to give your point of view and then engage with the callers, right? It's more of kind of, the, you know, a set number of topics. Topics really specialized towards Nicole. So that was kind of the premise as we okay. went into the show All right. on Friday. I'll let you set it up more when we come back, but uh, we'll play that. Uh, I lost a friend of mine that I used to live with, actually, and the guy has quite a history here in Las Vegas. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. And of course, we got to get to some of the national political topics, which we will, but we got to get Chris fired up. Uh, listeners critiquing Chris Wynn, it's going to get him fired up. He's going to get red in the face. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll do that when we come back. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. 
here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Zen World Premium CBD offers full and broad spectrum CBD oil, extracts, and capsules, which are designed to help you feel your best. Their products are sourced from the best organic hemp and natural ingredients on the market and are tested for quality, purity, and potency. They have a full range of items from health and wellness to beauty to pets. Call 725-205-9223. Visit online at zinworld.com or stop by their location at 9895 South Maryland Parkway and Silverado Ranch Parkway. Mention KSHP for 10% off in-store or use code KSHP online for 15% off. Locally owned and operated, come on down to Academy of Hair Design located at 5191 West Charleston Boulevard, number 150 today to begin your career in cosmetology. There is something for everyone from cosmetology to nail technology. You will be able to have the hands-on training that is needed to succeed in this career field. Call 702-878-1185 or visit www.ahdvegas.com today. Welcome back. It is Pushing Limits on a Monday. It's good to be back co-hosting with uh, Chris Wynn today. He filled in for me when I was out Thursday, Friday. If you missed the first segment, you missed a lot. Talking a little bit about uh, hanging out with Miss Vivica Fox and uh, the golf cart drama at Shriners Hospital for Children's Open. So we have a lot to get to. We have a lot of serious topics to get to, and we're going to get to those in just a few minutes. But, you know, I have to start by poking the bear a little bit, because if there's one thing I know that Chris Wynn doesn't enjoy, it's criticism, especially when it's criticism from somebody that doesn't really have any experience in the field. So I will defend him on this. It's unconstructive so, criticism, right? Chris, Chris, yeah. Yes. Chris was co-hosting with uh, Nicole Mitchell, who joins us every Friday, OnlyFans model, very beautiful, very smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I enjoy having her on the show. So about 45 minutes into the show on Friday, Chris Wynn got this phone call. We have people on the lines. We have uh, J.D. on the phone lines here. J.D., what's going on? Thanks for calling in on Friday. How are you? Well, I was pretty good until I turned into this very vapid show. You two guys are offering nothing that is stimulating or challenging. We're, I mean, we're talking, wait, time out. About time out. We mean offering nothing. Okay, so J.D., look. I know you want to turn this into kind of a negative thing. Um, and I understand that you like to call into the show, whether it was uh, the show that Brian and I used to do or the show that we're doing now. And you have like you want to do your like instant critique of the show or you want us to talk about topics that you want us to talk about. 
But uh, have you absorbed anything that we've talked about in the last hour? Because there's absolutely been some substance that we've offered that would be beneficial to you, regardless of uh, of what uh, background you have or where you're coming from. Yet, have you well, absorbed anything? I, yeah, I've, you were born in Michigan. You lived in Massachusetts. Uh, you lived in Orlando. Uh, I think you said she's a former pastor. Uh, I don't know what she is now. Did you say she's a sex entertainer? Okay, so so apparently you did. So Numchuck, apparently JD hasn't. Uh, JD, have a great weekend. We gotta let you go. I mean, <laughs> that that was outstanding way to handle that, right? That exchange. I mean, come on, you Bass can't it. come on the show. And look, you're looking to engage with the radio show, right? You're looking to add something wait, to the show. Wait, can I just say one if you're thing? Shady, no, let me finish real quick. So you're looking <laughs> you are to a add to vapid. the show, JD. JD. <laughs> and the only th when I ask you a question specifically about what you've taken out of the 45 minutes, as you pointed out, Brian Shapiro, correctly, right? We were 45 minutes into the show. And the only thing you take away from it is that I pointed out that I happened to grow up in Michigan, spent time in Massachusetts and Florida and then moved to Vegas. And that she, oh, yeah, she's an OnlyFans model. And he doesn't know what else she does. That's what you took out of it. That's that's all you could absorb from that experience. Then I'm sorry. I'm going to mock you, and I'm going to bounce you off the air. And that's exactly what happened. Well, I mean, -shap. you are exactly a, you are a little vapid at times, though. I mean, you're a okay, vapid so, kind of guy. Do, 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 I, I don't. I, I would venture to say a lot of people don't even know what vapid means, right? When he says that, <laughs> obviously he's referring. Numbshot, to... Do you think that Chris is vapid? Would you would you characterize him as vapid at times? Extremely. Ah, you see, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you, I think both of you guys don't even know what vapid means. If you, if you're boring, boring. It. You're not born. Yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was very funny. You have a, you have some critics out there. That's all. Yeah. Oh, You're well, it's it's JD, the caller. Look, <laughs> people that listen to this show know the deal when it comes to him, right? Fine. They yes. know that if they're, they yes. are aware yeah. of his exploits. Understood. Well, I thought we would play that to have some fun because I, I did yeah. get a get a chuckle out of that. That was a as you should vapid. C it was funny. Anyway. Yes. So unfortunately, now's the time where we have to talk about uh, some sad news that I had to deal with over the weekend, and that is the fact that um, uh, a guy that I once considered a very close friend sadly passed away um, last week, and I got a call from his ex-girlfriend, uh, a man in his early 50s. So who am I talking about? I'm talking about a guy by the name of Sanford Wallace, known as the Spam King. They called him Spamford Wallace because he created spam on the internet like 30 years ago you could actually look this up about this guy so how did i meet him i just want to give the story real quick because it's kind of funny i was playing poker at the hard rock back when they had a poker room when it was the hard rock many years ago this had to be well over 10 years ago 12 years ago 14 years ago and i'm sitting next to this large man who's probably three times my size right and he could just squeeze me and kill me right he's a big dude and you know how I get at the poker table. We got into a hand where he got very lucky against me and played a hand very poorly, and he won the hand. Mm. So I went off. I pulled a Phil Helmuth on him. And as I'm insulting him, he's like chuckling and laughing, like he's enjoying it. And that's how we became friends. And I said, Sanford, why did you laugh at that? He's like, I, I, I enjoyed that because I'm like five times your size and I can kill you, but... But I respect you because you were still willing to talk trash to me. And that's how we became friends. <laughs> and we became roommates. We took poker trips together. We lived together. Uh, we did a lot of fun things together. Uh, our friendship was up and down, up and down. It was one of those kind of friendships. But yeah. we always had fun together. Um, so about six months into our friendship, we took a trip to New York together. And he met my family in Connecticut. And he's like, Brian, I got to tell you a little bit more about me. I've been on TV. If you Google my name, I created spam like 
decades ago. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg sued me for $800 million. MySpace, I lost an $80 million suit against them. And he, and he told me about all of his um, spam that he sent. I mean, he had programs that sent millions and millions and millions of ringtone offers and spam on Facebook and MySpace to literally a gazillion people. And he made a lot of money doing that. And I guess it was illegal. Um, wait, so, wait, you guess it was? Or yeah, it was. It, it was. So years later, okay. we were living together. Yep. And I knew about this stuff, but I don't think he or I knew that the FBI was following him. I got a knock on my door and it was an FBI agent. And I was like freaked out, right? And she's like, is Mr. Sanford Sandy Wallace there? Because his real name is Sandy. Called him, we called him Sanford. I said, no, he's not. Uh, she gave me her card, and then he shows up, and I give him the card, and I was, like, freaking out. I'm like, why is the FBI knocking on my door? Well, it turned out they were following him in Vegas, and he was under investigation for all the spam stuff that he did back in the day. So fast forward to several years ago. He got sentenced to 18 months in federal prison. And we had a little bit of a falling out because when I was living with him, usually when a roommate is leaving, they'll get all their stuff out of there. And I also understand that when you're facing, you know, almost a two-year sentence, it's very stressful and maybe he wasn't thinking clearly, but I got a little pissed off at him for not helping me out and leaving, expect me to clean up all the stuff and get all the stuff out of there. I was pissed off. So we had, long story short, without getting too much into detail, we had a falling out and we hadn't spoken in the last couple of years. He actually emailed me a few times behind bars. I didn't even know people were allowed to do that, but there's like a email that a certain type of email that they could right. people this could is use a, behind yeah, bars. This is the United States. You can absolutely converse yeah. with people yeah. well, in jail, well, in prison. I don't usually do that. And look, so. and look, full disclosure, Brian, right? I have met Sanford before. I thought he was an engaging guy. He's, you know, he's a personality. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to sit here and, act, and be disingenuous, act like I was friends with him or anything. I didn't really, you know, yeah. know him that well. But mm -hmm. I did have a couple, you know, exchanges with him. Well, but, he was, uh, he was. So well, I'm aware of who he is. Well, yeah. no, and when he was arrested, yeah. uh, it made national news everywhere. Even CNN covered it. I mean, everybody covered it. He. Uh, he was uh, do, the problem with Sanford is that he was he was doing national interviews and kind of gloating about the spamming he was doing. And that's when it caught up to him. And he told me that he regretted doing that because eventually it catches up to you. Um, so. I dropped him off at the airport and he he turned himself in and he went to jail. And, and, and since then, I, I hadn't really spoken to him, but I always thought that we would get back together and be friends again eventually. And, and things would calm down in both of our lives because I was going through some very stressful times at that time as well. Um. So, yeah, I got a call from his ex-girlfriend uh, who used to live in Vegas, and, and she told me that he had died of a heart attack. And it's crazy, right? Because we would always joke around with each other because we have sick senses of humor, right? Me and Sanford would always joke around and, and put the odds of who's going to die first. And I know that's kind of a morbid, but we did it in a joking way. Obviously, we didn't want anything bad to happen to each other, but that's the first thing I thought about. I was like, man, we used to joke around about that stuff, and and – um, yeah, so I got a call in, in, from his ex and, and listen, we all make different decisions in our lives of who we want to hang out with and who we don't want to hang out with. Me and Sanford had some really good times and we had some very stressful times. He was known as DJ Master Webb by a lot of people in Las Vegas. He ran Crown Nightclub, which was the club that Prince used to own for a little bit. Uh, he ran hip hop, very successful hip hop clubs in Las Vegas. Um, he ran restaurants. I mean, he, he was involved in so many different business entities. Very smart guy. He did some things that were against the law too, which I don't condone, but he is, he was a very, very, very smart guy. And I also will say this when I was in need of help, 
he was always usually there to help me. And, and that, that's a good friend. Um, he helped a lot of people in Las Vegas. Uh, and there's like, I spoke to his brother yesterday for the first time. I don't remember ever speaking to him before, but I guess we had met once. I didn't remember, but, um, yeah, he's going to be sorely missed. And I guess it goes to show you a reminder of, again, how short life can be. And if you get into it with your friends, just have a conversation. And I will always regret the fact that I did not reach out to him and try to rectify our friendship. And I would be willing to bet you that if he was still here, he would say the same thing. That while we had some tumultuous times as friends and we had some very stressful times, we also had a lot of really good times. And I have a lot of fun memories with Sanford. So I remember, Chris, if you remember the last scene in uh, Rounders. So Sanford knew a guy and probably still around there in Manhattan. I won't say his name. That runs a lot of poker games and they're illegal because they take rake. Meaning they take money and it's illegal. And they take heavy rake. Heavy rake. Right. <laughs> like so super duper rake. Yeah. So Sanford knew better than anybody, as do you, that I, yeah. I talk a lot of trash at the poker table. So I walk into Well this, played, sir. Well yeah, played. Hey. Yeah. Excellent, excellent, excellent play there, sir. It was Sanford that taught tap me to do table. that, by the way. He oh, would did tap, he? Yeah. The, t- the table tap? Yeah. So if people don't know what we're talking about, when you play a hand really poorly, <laughs> uh, sometimes people will tap the table. Really well played, sir. Sarcasm all over. So when place. Sanford yeah. would get me really angry in life, he would just tap something and be like, well played, Brian. Well, just to get me more angry, <laughs> yeah. we, we messed with each other. Yeah. So anyway, he takes me to one of these underground poker games in Manhattan. This was like 10 years ago. And he's like, Brian don't talk you know what to these guys because they're all packing heat and they've probably murdered 30 people. So I walk in there scared out of my mind, but they were the nicest guys in the world. But he took me to some of those games. We went to Atlantic City together um, and we have a lot of fun times and I was really uh, sad the last couple days that he's gone because I can't pick up the phone and call him now and I can't say, hey man, I know we've had some up and downs, but you know, I'm sorry, let's try to, you know, and I can't do that now because he's gone. And I, I regret that, and I wish that I could. Uh, he did radio with me right before he went to jail. He was the only radio show in the country he did. He did my show, and um, he helped me a lot of times when I needed help, and we had a lot of fun together. He was a very interesting character. You can Google him, Sanford Wallace, the Spam King, and he's all over the Internet. There's articles about him, and um, he'll be missed, and I'm really sad that I didn't, I wasn't able to have that conversation with him, and I never will. And that sucks. Um, his funeral services are in New Jersey. And I'm hoping that uh, we'll be able to do some sort of service for him here as well. Just his friends. and, and, and to. I have so many stories about this guy. Um, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Um, but Well, you, you just told a couple of them. A few. So but I mean, fine. I have a hundred stories that are just yeah. um, all entertaining and fun. Um, we used to go to Foxwoods Casino in a town called... That's where I, that's where I learned... How to play craps. Oh, right? really? That's yeah. funny. It was Foxwoods back That's in funny. college in 1992 when we would make runs down there. Yeah. When I was in school in Massachusetts, we'd make the run down to Connecticut. And, I appreciate that learn. story. Just don't be okay. vapid. That's all I ask. Yeah, vapid. Yeah, you're vapid being, you're vapid's being, a key thing. You're being very vapid. But uh, look, Brian, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in on this. Don't, don't beat yourself up, okay? Uh, circumstances present themselves all the time where people have falling out with their friends or whatever. And then, you know, the uh, unfortunate uh, things take place in which people pass away unexpectedly, uh, especially uh, when they are, are, you know, husky guys like myself and like Sanford was, right? 
when you get into your 50s, when you have health issues, and and that that's something. By the way, quite frankly, it's something I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be dealing with as I as I get older. But uh, look here, I mean, it's again, I'll reiterate: do not beat yourself up. Um, it, it is it, it's not necessarily uh, any reflection on you at all, right? It's just it just it, certain things happen in life, and we just kind of have to roll with the punches when it comes to uh, uh, friends of ours or acquaintances who end up uh, passing away unexpectedly. Yeah, I, I, it's hard for me uh, to think that way now because I wish that I did uh, reach out to him. We always used to make fun of each other all the time. We would poke the bear. And I guess if you're if you're a close friend to somebody, you do that in a, in a lovingly when he talked, he would he would go like this a lot, and so I would always make fun of him. I'd be like, "Dude, you know." I would always, Wait a minute, time out. He had a physical ailment or something, and you wasn't a, wasn't really, you for it. Wasn't what really it? a physical ailment. It was just the way he spoke, <laughs> and but it was it wasn't like mean spirited. Sounds like a physical ailment. Yeah, well, not really. What you're doing. But but we would uh, I would make fun of him there, and then he would make fun of me because when I get excited, I always would shake my hand. Oh yeah, yeah, you, you actually still do yeah. that. So I know I do, and we, so, and we occasionally make fun. So of So he would do that to me, and, that, and then I would go, <laughs> you know, it's kind of how we would make fun of each other. Um, we did that. You're, 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 so you both, you both had a camaraderie of, of, uh, weird, physical weird attributes, we right? We now, Chuck, right? PTL Nation out there? We that's definitely, a, that's what you had. We, you, had we, you had a teaming of that. We definitely did. Uh, quite the life that this guy had, though. I mean, I mean, just. Wow. Anybody that has the nickname the Spam King, I mean, yeah. come on, yeah, that, that's that's somebody that uh, is unique in their own way. Yes, I'll say that he was definitely unique. That's for sure. And he very, <laughs> he knew how to turn a, a failed business into a very successful company. Very smart, uh, very savvy, uh, and started with the spam stuff when really nobody else was doing it, and uh, uh, it was illegal. But he, uh, yeah, and, it's and, that uh, yeah things that tend to be illegal you, yes. you could get in trouble for and you but, could go to jail uh, for anyway so. yeah it sucked to get that yeah. news and i was really sad and it kind of i got a call at 1 a.m when i was about ready to go to sleep over the weekend and i was kind of taken back and i guess it's like a culmination of uh, for me of a lot of things i mean i lost my sister less than a year ago uh at 37 years old you want to talk about unexpected and it just it, it broke me and, I'm, and I'm, i'll never get over it and then um losing my roommate um mm-hmm. Who you had met, yeah. Amel, absolutely, and now lo- you know losing. No, I knew some- both Amel and, and and Sanford. You did, I mean, it's a, yep. yeah. So it's kind of, um, I can't say I'm numb to it. It hurts every time something like this happens, and it's just it's awful. Uh, dealing with loss and and dealing with 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 this sort of stuff is, is never easy. But all you can do, and I guess all I can do, is be there for his family. And I've spoken to some of his friends here that I haven't talked to in a while, and I would love to be a part of a service or something to be able to, you know, nobody's perfect, right? We all have our issues, and Sanford certainly had his, but he also helped a lot of people, me being one of them. So I'm appreciative for that, and it's uh, it sucks that we'll, we'll never be able to, you know, take a poker trip again or play poker together. He was the most enjoyable person to ever play poker with. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. So Sanford, I'm going to miss you, buddy. Um, I wish that... Uh, I reached out to you and I, and I wish that we had spoken in the last few years and I will always regret that. Um, but, um, I hope uh, you didn't suffer and I hope you're in a better place, my friend. So, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about him and, and talk about my experiences with him and, and, uh, he'll be missed by a lot of people, uh, including myself. So hard to make the transition over to, um, another topic. So what I'm going to do is this. You give kind of a preview of what we're going to be talking about next segment, Chris. First of all, 
I have some audio to play for you of Brian Kilmeade mm. talking about death in Israel and then trying to promote a book within the same sentence. It's so despicable. So I'm gonna we're gonna play that for you. <laughs> he did that over the weekend. And then we're gonna talk about Joe Biden's response and the words that he's used when it comes to Israel and people out there that are trying to pin me, and you know who I'm talking about, to attack Black Lives Matter or the movement because a few people within the organization have said some very disparaging anti-Semitic things about or Israel. Or one person? Yeah, I'm, I'm more than one person. I've had No, one person in the organization. Yeah, and it might be a few. Has made a comment. Yeah, yes. it could be one. It could be a few people within the organization, but I definitely want to talk to you about that as well because I'm getting really frustrated with people. Uh, mm. And uh, by the way, there's an idiot on our YouTube page. That's what he is. He's an idiot. <laughs> and I try to make no attention to idiots, but there's somebody on our YouTube page that is now bringing up AR-15s. Oh, how's Brian going to defend AR-15s with Israel? Let me speak to this MAGA moron who has an IQ of 10 who's making these statements. Hey, 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 moron. When I talk about AR-15s, and Chris can defend me on this, yeah. I say there's only certain types of people that should be allowed to use them. And if you knew how to listen, you would you would understand, which clearly you don't because you're a dumbass. Um, AR-15s should be used for our law enforcement and our brave men and women in uniform. I've never said anything to the contrary of that. And you're trying to make that correlation to Israeli soldiers. Let me repeat, soldiers, do you understand that when I say our brave men and women in uniform in this country also applies to soldiers in Israel? You dumb idiot. When I talk about AR-15s, I'm talking about regular everyday people like not you, because you're not regular every day. You're an idiot. But to people like me and Chris, yeah. we shouldn't be allowed to have AR-15s. But it's my position that anybody who is a soldier defending their country, like our brave men and women in uniform here, they should be allowed to. Now, I'm not sure what part of that you don't understand. And I'm going to guess you don't understand it because you have an IQ of about 20 and you're a MAGA moron. That's Wait a minute. You, you just are. added 10 points to his IQ, Brian. That's you're probably, some credit right there. That's probably a maximum of a 20 <laughs> IQ with this moron that goes on our YouTube page that listens to our show every day, but yet wants to be critical and wants to make statements that are factually inaccurate because he's an idiot. And Brian, let me add on to that, right? Because we're going to call him out. I'll call him out. on the Gas man, 702. Let me give you a little advice, okay? If you're going to be somebody that wants to chime in on social media, how about this? Own it. Be a man or a woman, if you're a woman, okay? And actually put your name and your face on social media. It frustrates me beyond all, to, to no end, Brian Shapiro, Justin Chuck, and PTL Nation out there, when people are not adults and are cowards and they put up a fake name on social media and have no picture there's no indication of who you are where you're from what well, you believe part, part and you course. don't own your takes yep. own your it starts with an s and it ends with a t okay there's people I've ever stop said. being cowards there's, there's gas man 702 okay. i'm talking about you yep. i'm talking about any any of you other people out there that mm -hmm. think you need to hide behind some moniker there's, on social well, media I, I don't hide behind it. i mean i anything yeah. i've ever said on the air i would say off the air I've exactly never, i've never yeah. uh hid behind and by the anything. way right Bri solid point right brian there's people we know yep. there's people we know that are tough talkers when there's not a, a microphone in front of you mm -hmm. or a camera on you <laughs> how about this be adults. You, you, you're so strong in your convictions. Own it. Yep. Own I agree. It. All right. We're going to take a quick yeah. break. And when we come back, speaking of owning it, uh, we have some audio to play for you. Brian Kilmeade embarrassing himself on Fox News like he does every day. Some Joe Biden audio. And then my take on the Israel-Palestinian conflict and, and, and why there are so many people out there that are on the wrong side. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. It's Pushing Limits right here on KSHP.
Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate. Choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. The London Bridge Resort in Lake Havasu is the perfect place to vacation in style. Their beautifully designed suites include stunning views, a kitchenette, and free Wi-Fi. The well-reviewed and affordable resort has tons of amenities, including a breakfast buffet, kids' camp, a nine-hole golf course, three pools, a marina, boat tours, a water slide, and a great nightlife scene. London Bridge Resort is centrally located in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. Go to londonbridgeresort.com to plan your getaway today. London Bridge Resort, your Arizona oasis destination. Hungry for the best barbecue in Las Vegas? Come out to the infamous barbecue and meat market, John Moles Meats and Roadkill Grill in Las Vegas. John Moles was featured on the Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Now take home delicious meat selections for your grill, and while you're there, grab a bite of the best barbecue in Las Vegas. With two locations now at Tom and Gowan or on North Decatur, you're sure to find the perfect meats for your next barbecue or party. Find us online at johnmolemeats.com. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Monday. Thank you so much for joining us. We got uh, Gully joining us at the bottom of the hour to talk a little Raiders football, but uh, we got to talk about the big national news and everything that's going on 
in the world. Of course, the Israel-Palestinian conflict will continue. It's not going anywhere. Israel defending themselves. And yes, there are some people that are holding pro-Palestinian rallies across the country. I believe if you're doing that at this time, it's a pro-Hamas rally. That's really what it is, in my personal opinion. And then there are some people that are handling this news with no sense of empathy and just completely complicit. One of those people is Brian Kilmeade of Fox News. I want to play you this clip because it goes to show you a number of different things. Number one, how ignorant and what a clown Brian Kilmeade is. And number two, how talentless he is, how unprofessional he is. These are the type of people that work at Fox News. This is a conversation that Brian Kilmeade is having with Brett Baer. He's interviewing Brett Baer. And have a listen to how at one moment they're starting to talk about the Israeli conflict and all these innocent people that have died. And listen to how Brian Kilmeade handles this and listen to his words. Uh, the timing of this war could not be uh, does not work for anybody. It's ugly. It's but there's one thing that's pretty clear. The one thing that can make people feel better about their country is to grab your book that drops today. It's called To Rescue the Constitution. Uh, it is great. You gave me an excerpt. I, I'm on the back. Um, it is really what George Washington was asked to do after winning the war. And that's to save the country six years later. Yeah. What a complete imbecile. Yeah, it's really terrible what's happening in Israel, but I know something that'll make people feel better. Let's buy Brett Baer's book. You buffoon. You're talking about innocent people that are, can you imagine if a day after 9-11, somebody on a network was talking about the innocent lives that were lost and how horrible it is. And then they said, Hey, I know what's going to make people feel better. Get your hands on Brian Shapiro's new book. I mean, it's so complicit and it's so disrespectful to the people that have lost their lives and, you know, the war that is going on. And Brian Kilmeade just looks like a complete imbecile with the way he handled that. Yeah, those are two things that uh, need to be separated, right? If you're going to talk about them or if you're going to be in any way, shape or form promoting some other entity and then kind of going to bring it into the context that is uh, uh, the horrific circumstances that are taking place in Israel right now, it's just it's just not a good look at no, all. No, no. It's not something you should be doing. He made a fool and, of himself. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, a but he does that every day yeah. anyway, so I'm not surprised. I'll tell you somebody yeah. that's not making a fool of themselves, Chris. Who? It's Joe Biden. Absolutely. Uh, and by the way, and, and I'll chime in quickly first on this, Brian, and, and obviously we're going we're gonna to hear your response. Joe Biden, regardless of your political affiliation, the way you feel about him as you know being the old guy, because he is, he's old, let's face it. And, and and whether or not you agree with him being a good president or not being a good president or whatever. Make no mistake about it, folks. He is absolutely, when it comes to his words regarding the circumstances of the last week plus and the terrorist attacks that took place in Israel and being very clear and concise on the United States position on that we stand with Israel in this in this in this scenario. And, and this entire deal has been extraordinary. Joe Biden has been excellent, okay, when it comes to what he has had to say in his dialogue regarding this. Period. So this is a uh, clip of Joe Biden yeah. doing an interview over the weekend, and he was asked about, you know, can America be somewhat involved in two different wars, the Middle East and Ukraine? Have a listen to this exchange and the way Joe Biden responded. 
Are the wars in Israel and Ukraine more than the United States can take on at the same time? We're the United States of America, for God's sake. The most powerful nation in the history, not in the world, in the history of the world. The history of the world. We can take care of both of these and still maintain our overall international defense. We have the capacity to do this, and we have an obligation to. We are the essential nation, as to, to, to paraphrase the former Secretary of State. And All right, so it, let me start out by saying President Joe Biden is 100% correct. Yeah. We are the United States of America. The answer is yes. Do we want to be in a bunch of wars? Of course not. But what's taking place in Ukraine? Ukraine needs to win this war, not just for Ukraine, not just for the United States, but for the world. Evil, murderous dictators cannot win. That's number one. When it goes to the Israel-Palestinian conflict, I don't even like to characterize it as that right now because this was Hamas that did this. This is a known terrorist group that's been around since the 80s that wants to kill as many of innocent Israelis as they possibly can. We're talking about the most gruesome and the worst type of slayings and murders. And this is Israel's 9-11. This is about an ideology of hate, similar to Al-Qaeda, when America was the victim of a horrible terrorist attack on 9-11. Israel is the victim here. They're telling people in Gaza, and they have told people to get the hell out of there because they don't want to kill innocent civilians like Hamas. However, in war, when the state of Israel in this situation should be allowed to defend themselves, sadly, innocent people are going to die, including soldiers. Innocent people are going to die. But Israel cannot just stand about face and expect it to be in some sort of ceasefire. That should not be expected. And there are certain people that want to make this political. I talk about this all the time on this show, Chris. And I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Okay. I've had multiple people over the weekend start talking to me about BLM, Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And they start talking about a specific maybe person that runs the Black Lives Matter organization, or it could be somebody on the Black Lives Matter Chicago Twitter page. I don't even know who these people are. And some of these people, I assume, have said some very anti-Israel things. And as I talk about on this show all the time, If you're anti-Israel or you make a statement like death to Israel or you support Hamas in any way, shape or form, you're despicable. Right. It doesn't matter whether you're part of an organization like BLM or whether you're a Democrat or whether you're a Republican. Wrong is wrong. And I'm very consistent on my opinions on that. It doesn't mean I have the time to call out every single person that says something anti-Israel. I don't. So I try to say in a general sense, if anybody is anti-Israel or makes a statement like I guess a few people from the BLM organization have made, then of course I denounce it. But people want to focus on that, and I don't know why. Maybe it's their hatred towards BLM. Could be their hatred well, I'll tell towards you why. black no, people. No, that's I, exactly what it is. It's people that have a predisp- they have a uh, they already have a preconceived notion of of their they're animus towards BLM, right, Brian? They're already people that have bitch and moaned or complained about Black Lives Matter. They have a beef with Black Lives Matter. Right. And so, therefore, they want to bring this into this situation that's taking place re- regarding these terrorist attacks against innocent individuals, okay, whether they be Israelis, Americans, or people that were at these festivals or around that area, right, that died, all right? Now, look, I got to push back on you a little bit here because you're kind of— 
uh, you're just disregarding the, the whole idea of innocent Palestinians. You're completely disregarding it. Okay. When you're saying things like, well, you know, uh, you know, this is, everything's all about right and wrong and all this. Yeah, I get that. But you're not, you're, you're completely ignoring is the word I'll use. The fact that there are innocent Palestinians that do not de- need to die in the response by the Israeli government. What do I mean by that? Well, there was a, there was a, there was an analogy that was made, okay, by a, a very prominent figure in, in progressive American politics. That's, his name's, uh, Chank Yinger. He's the, uh, a found, co-founder of a progressive, uh, 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 entity on the, on the web called the Young Turks, right? He made an outstanding analogy regarding the response and how Jewish Americans like yourself, uh, people that, uh, and, and, and even, and, and, and he was speaking directly to the victims and their families of the horrific terrorist attacks last week, right? And he proposed this. He said, look, if you're someone who looks at the state of Israel and the military entity, right? That is the military having a response to this. And if you're saying, for example, you're going to destroy a building in, in Gaza city, right? And you, you are, you are someone who's a grieving family member of someone who was killed last week. And you, and you have a scenario presented to you where in that building, the bad guys that killed your family members are going to be killed. But also at the same time, the people that are in that building are also innocent Palestinians. Would you be on board with the Israeli military entities destroying that building? And Chank made a great point here, and I completely and utterly agree with it. If you are on board, and if you're going to take that moral approach in which you're going to say, you know what? Destroy the building anyway. I'm, I'm going to disregard those innocent Palestinians in that, in that building because we need to get the bad guys. Then your moral high ground is destroyed in this situation. So the point I'm trying to make is you, uh, the, 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 uh, the very initial response that you had about five minutes ago to this completely does disregard the innocent Palestinian civilians caught up in no. this and you, you did so, it under the guise of, well, I'm, war, people, innocent people so are die. I'm, I'm, yeah, that is a fact. Okay, so let me in respond. war, okay, so innocent let me, people do okay, die. So let me respond. But we do not, that's okay. not something okay. that we want. That, that's not something that I get should point. happen in war, I get your but it does. I get your point. Yeah. Um, so, number one, no. Uh, I have not, I'm not disregarding any innocent life. In fact, what I said from the beginning uh, was that I wish no innocent people died in any war. I don't want that to happen. And I also pointed out, well, the fact, and I also yeah. pointed out the fact that the Israeli government has been warning people in Gaza and telling them to leave to get out because they are going to be destroying buildings and properties. They have been warning them constantly. Okay, the no, no, time out, time out. Has been warning them they to, there's, there's people that don't have that option, Brian. Okay, okay so you're so not, let me finish. that's not let an me, option okay, so let for me, a lot of okay, Palestinians so let me finish. Okay, to so, get out. Okay, like so, they can just leave. Okay, so they let can't just do that. Okay, so let me finish. There is a fine line and a fine difference be- between Hamas going in and killing, killing as many as innocent Israelis as possible and what Israel is doing. That is number one. Number two, uh, when you look at a lot of wars that America has been involved in, I'll mention uh, multiple wars in Iraq. Americans didn't go in there wanting to kill innocent Iraqis. However, we do know that innocent Iraqis were killed. It does happen in war and especially in a situation where it is self-defense. When we went into Afghanistan after 9-11, we wanted, I know we went into Iraq and then we, it got conflated and we went into Afghanistan. Innocent Afghanis were killed. 
We were trying to get Al-Qaeda. We were trying to get the people responsible, and I believe we did in Osama bin Laden. We were trying to get all the people responsible and the people that funded Al-Qaeda. Innocent Afghanis that had absolutely nothing to do with 9-11, sadly, were killed. It wasn't the objective as Americans to go in there and to do that. We wanted to get the bad guys. And I believe in this instance, it is very, very similar in the aspect of, number one, Israel has a right to defend themselves. Number two, I don't believe the Israeli government wants to kill innocent Palestinians and wants to go in. They want to get the bad guys. Sadly, in war, innocent people die. I wish that wasn't the case, and I am not discounting that. And yes, as many Israelis that work within the government have done multiple interviews and have said they are doing everything in their power, and I believe them, to get people out of the areas where they are trying to destroy Gaza. Now, yes. Well, so you, do you understand the analogy? I just, I just went on a five-minute description of, you understand the analogy, right, that I was making, that Cenk made, that I agree with? You understand it, right? The analogy? Uh, um, yes, but I disagree with you when you say I'm discounting uh, innocent Palestinians. I don't want that to happen, and I understand that there are innocent lives that are going to be lost here. Let's also keep in mind that Hamas used Palestinians as human shields. Uh, they have no regard for human life. That could be Israelis or, or Palestinians. And the people of Palestine need to all understand that. They need, if there was a way, that the Palestinians could come together with Israelis, which will mm -hmm. never happen, and to wipe out Hamas, then I think things would be better for both parties involved here. Unfortunately, the Iranian government plays a huge role in funding Hamas. In my personal opinion, moving forward, we shouldn't give one dime to Iran. Keep that $6 billion frozen. I'm glad that Joe Biden did that, number one. Mm -hmm. Make them sorry for what they've done in supporting Hamas. That's exactly what the Iranian government has done. And in that aspect, uh, that has to continue. And as I've said before, and I say again, whether it's somebody in BLM in the organization, I don't even know who these people are, or if it's somebody on the left, like an Ilhan Omar, or somebody on the right, that in a way is saying Israel doesn't have a right to defend themselves and in some aspects defending Hamas. You are despicable. You are defending terror just like it would have been to defend Al-Qaeda after 9-11. This is Israel's 9-11. They have a right to defend themselves. Yes, I'm pretty confident that the Israeli government doesn't want to kill a bunch of innocent Palestinian people, but also understanding that we're giving them fair warning. This is what we are going to go after, and we're asking you to leave the area. And if you refuse to leave the area, you could be a casualty. Uh, that's something that Hamas did not do. They didn't give Israelis any warning. They didn't say they were going in there. They went to a music festival. They went to places at 6 o'clock in the morning and started executing innocent people with no warning. And I haven't heard a lot from the Palestinian people. I haven't heard a lot from Palestinians calling out Hamas. I haven't heard the Iranian government. I haven't heard Palestinians say, gosh, that was really horrible. You know, we support Israel defending themselves because they won't do that. Well, this is what you get. You reap what you get here. And you uh, helped harbor some of these Hamas terrorists. And now Israel has a right to defend themselves. That is what they are doing. And anybody who says that Israel shouldn't have a right to defend themselves or anybody that says that there should be a ceasefire, you are anti-Semitic. No, no, it's not. Brian, no, you're wrong there. You're wrong. Okay, saying saying that you you advocate for a ceasefire, saying that you advocate for peace, not that you're pro-Palestinian or pro-Hamas. You're not saying you're pro-Hamas or pro-Hezbollah or or anti-Jewish or anti-Semitic because you're promoting 
piece. You're just wrong there, okay? It's just one point. I'm just talking about one point here. Okay, I'm not so let me respond to that. Over, but you're, you're wrong. Let me respond okay? to that. It's not anti-Semitic. Okay, so let me, let me and by the way, okay, we're so going to get into this because I want, I'm sure you want to so comment me, on your on your post on X where you commented on a, a, a commentator here in America, you know, uh, on uh, uh, Mehdi Hassan, who's a commentator with MSNBC, because this kind of leads into this. Because you're okay. you're injecting anti-Semitism in places where there is not anti-Semitism. Okay, all so right? let me respond again. Okay, yeah. First of all, the analogy that I will make, because I could not disagree with you more, the analogy okay. that I will make, if 24 hours after 9-11, when we were attacked by a group called Al-Qaeda, a terrorist organization, and if people in Canada echoed what you were just saying and said, we should have a ceasefire, people would call... Uh, people in Canada crazy for making a statement like that to ask the Israeli government for a ceasefire after babies were beheaded, women were raped, and a terrorist organization called Hamas executed thousands of innocent Israelis for anybody to say, oh, you know what? There should be a ceasefire is a moron. And I bring the analogy back to the United States of America because I try to make it hit home. Days after 9-11, hours, days, weeks, months, for the most part, the entire world was with us, for the most part. And nobody was saying, ceasefire. We lost over 3,000 innocent Americans. Horrible. Tragic. And we had to get those bastards that did this to us. That is exactly the right of Israel. And as I repeat once again, this is Israel's 9-11. Now, if you want to talk about, boy, we don't want innocent Palestinians to die. What can the Israeli government do to help ensure that? That's a different conversation. Well, that, no, that's a Hold conversation. On. No, no. no. Well, let me finish. I'm okay. explaining okay, why. I'm finished. explaining why. And then I'll respond. Because when I you respond. say yes. cease fire, that means under no circumstances do you think Israel should have the right no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Themselves. That's not what that means. That's exactly no, what that no, means. No, it's not. A you're ceasefire. Wrong. Okay. And by the way, you're, you're discounting what I, what myself, Anthony Scaramucci, said on the show last week. All right. Who who who? When he made the comments that he made on the show, right, with us, Brian, when Anthony was on with us, and he started out a a, a take that he had when he said, "Well, this is going to make some people angry." He was talking about you right now, and he's talking about Jewish Americans. What he said is different who than don't, a ceasefire. Who, don't, who are conflating. All of us who think that Hamas should be destroyed and that there should be a response to Hamas and the overall, the overall conflict that is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And that's what ceasefire is referring to. People that are saying ceasefire aren't saying, oh, Israel, you should never be able to take out Hamas. You should, you should lay hands off of Hamas. That's not what they're talking about, Brian. Okay. It's not, it's not attacking and utterly destroying Hamas, which is a terrorist organization that, yes, cuts off the heads of babies, burns babies alive, commits horrible atrocities. Okay. And should be, all of them should be killed, in my opinion. And my, my sentiment is agreed with you and is, was agreed with Anthony Scaramucci and others. We got it. But let me tell you something. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up in a bow, right? Like this. Ceasefire, okay, is not, is not saying that you should not be able to defend yourself. Ceasefire is a, is a response regarding the entire Israeli and Palestinian conflict and taking a step back, which is what Anthony Scaramucci said, and you didn't have a problem with Anthony saying it, okay? But you do have a problem with me saying no. it, and you have a problem with others saying so, it, but you didn't have a problem with Anthony so saying it, okay? When we talk about, when, Chris, when we, and I say we, when I talk about Anthony, 
No, I'm not. I'm, okay, so I'm me, describing exactly okay, what it is. So let me respond. They're talking about a ceasefire okay, regarding the so Israeli-Palestinian so conflict okay, and taking a step so back and looking at it. Okay, so but, again, I 100% disagree I mean, with you. I disagree. First I mean, you're all, disagreeing it, you with you my let, take. Okay, I mean, fine. You gotta, okay, I mean, so can everyone's okay, entitled to their opinion, I guess. Can I finish? About what I'm saying. Okay, let me make my point and let me, again, try to explain to you why I 100% disagree. First of all, Anthony Scaramucci was speaking in, he never used the term ceasefire. When you use the term ceasefire, basically what you're saying is you can't use any art artillery and you can't use any weaponry uh uh when somebody does what hamas has done uh that's an absurd thing take number one number you know number right. two number two um all right the bottom line here is those types of people that are endorsing a some sort of ceasefire which again i think is completely you're absurd. describing it and you're just wrong you're um, wrong in your description okay sorry, so, so fine i think right. you're wrong well, and i'm explaining to you why i think you're wrong right. um when a 9-11 type incident happens, which happened in Israel. I think we all could agree on that. The immediate response shouldn't be ceasefire. When you're attacked and your people are murdered and bludgeoned and killed in the worst way possible, when somebody says ceasefire, it means simply put, don't fire any weaponry or any missiles. Uh, don't do anything violent. And Israel has a right to defend themselves. Now, number two, and this is another entity that I haven't even brought up yet. Yeah which maybe we'll agree on this. I don't know. But the people that are going after BLM or members of BLM, the organization right. for making anti-Israel comments, which by the way, I don't condone and I condemn, mm -hmm. are the same types of people that don't seem to have a problem with Donald Trump as characterizing Hamas as smart. He said in a statement, he said this, there's video of it, where he basically said their execution of what they did was smart. And let me be very clear on this. There's nothing smart about killing a bunch of innocent people. There's nothing smart. That would be like calling Al-Qaeda smart for what they did on 9-11. But the same people on the far right, the MAGA supporters that want to attack a few members of the BLM organization, have nothing to say about their hero, the orange turd, using the term smart when talking about evil, murderous animals that kill innocent people. It's disgusting. It's wrong. And this is the face of the Republican Party. I'm not saying every Republican would characterize Hamas as smart. But what I am saying is they're completely complicit in their brown nosing of Donald Trump. Imagine if Joe Biden in an interview used the term smart in talking about a terrorist organization like Hamas. Republicans, and rightfully so would be all over Joe Biden. And I would support them if Joe Biden made a statement like that, which, by the way, he never would. The former president of the United States, the face of the Republican Party, the frontrunner for the Republican nomination in 2024, characterized terrorists who beheaded babies as, quote unquote, smart. Where are all the people on the far right calling out Donald Trump for that? You want to take the opportunity to go after a few members of Black Lives Matter, the organization? Fine. You want to go after them for making stupid comments about Israel? I have no problem with that because I denounce it as well. But where is your criticism for Donald Trump? It is exactly the kind of stuff I'm talking about when I talk about hypocrisy. He is the face of your party, the Republican Party, and it is absolutely despicable. The same man who said or insinuated of, of the possibility of executing General Milley. And I didn't hear your criticism about that either. That just happened a few weeks ago. And now he's calling terrorists smart. Let me tell you something. There's no nothing smart about killing innocent people. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what part of the world you're from. I don't care what organization you're from. When you kill innocent people, 
There's nothing smart about that. It's called evil. You're evil. And I'll end it on that. Yeah. And it's a good point. Look, I agree with you. That, look, the hypocrisy has just been uh, pervasive throughout the last eight years of of American politics across the board on the Republican side with, with respect to Donald Trump. We get it. It's not a shocker, right, that, that Donald Trump's going to come out and, and is someone that pro that praises despicable human beings. He does it. He does it almost on a day to day basis. It happens all the time. And and. There's people that just did that, that are just ob- oblivious to it and just turn a blind eye. And it's not a shocker to any of us here. Nothing smart yeah. that those right. comments got me. They're so despicable. Everything, everything out of Donald Trump's mouth. These, it's just so yeah. despicable. And by the way, I didn't even get to this, <laughs> but I'll just mention it real quick. Mm-hmm. Cause then we got to go to big break, yeah. Chris, but uh, federal judge that he issued a gag order on uh, the former president limiting uh, what he can say about special counsel, Jack Smith, federal prosecution yeah. into his alleged attempt to subvert, in the uh, 2020 presidential uh, election. So now he's got to uh, k- keep a ball in his mouth when it comes to Jack Smith. Uh, but uh, this is not a shocker. Uh, Donald Trump has never been told what he has to do in any situation his entire life. And now uh, the chickens are coming home to roost, so to speak. And there's finally going to be, um, I guess you could use the term, uh, some accountability for Donald Trump in these uh, 91 felony counts that he's facing in these four separate indictments. All right. So he's Chris Wynn. I'm Brian Shapiro. I've been called worse. Um, we have, have you? Yeah, you know, I've, oh, I've been called. I've been called far worse. But uh, we're going to talk a little Raiders football when we come back with uh, Scott Gully Galbertson, Silver and Black Today podcast. Uh, they're getting W's, Brian. They're pull, they, they're pulling out. They're, they're they're getting into the win column. Nothing's changed, and except for the fact that Garoppolo got hurt, and now Hoyer's going to be our, our QB. So we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back, Chris. I want to get your thoughts on that. We'll take a quick break. Be back right after this. It's pushing the limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. 
Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Located only four miles from downtown Colorado Springs, at just 10 miles from Pikes Peak, Hyatt Place Colorado Springs Garden of the Gods offers spacious rooms featuring contemporary decor with stylish furnishings, including divided living and sleeping areas, the Hyatt Grand Bed, state-of-the-art media and work center, a 42-inch flat panel high-definition television that easily integrates with laptops and other devices, and complimentary breakfast is included in your stay. Hyatt Place Colorado Springs Garden of the Gods at 503 West Garden of the Gods Road. Visit HyattPlace.com. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Monday. Nothing like a little Massachusetts band. No, 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 not at all. You know, I, sometimes he is, is uh, you know, subconscious. Are they from Hezbollah? Because the Detroit Lions are 5-1. Oh, we're, we're about to talk some Raider football gully Whoa. and B-Shap. But he's subconscious of playing a Detroit ah, band, okay. Sponge, because of my Lions, my, my friend. My mistake, Sponge yes. is from Detroit, wow. yes. Massachusetts. Joining us right now, <laughs> been a little while, uh, good to have uh, Scott Gully-Gulbertson joining us. Uh, he is, the, of course, co-creator of the Silver and Black Today podcast, does a great job covering the Raiders, and, and we are, I don't know if we should celebrate it, but the Raiders did beat a really bad Patriots team over the weekend, and uh, we wanted to get Scott to come on and talk a little bit about that. Scott, always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. How are you? Good. It's good to come on and talk about the five and one Detroit Lions. Boom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's what I'm talking uh, about, Gully. Yeah. No, I, I listen, I think it's hard to win games in the NFL. And I think that there's uh there's a situation here where, yes, I understand what you're saying, Brian. I think a lot of Raider fans probably feel like you and I know you'll express yourself in a minute because you kind of do that sometimes. Uh, is the fact that look, you you're winning, but your offense is brutal. It's still bad. Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured again. Okay, thank goodness he's okay. But still, it's hard to get excited when you're kind of doing that. But I want you to think about this before we have this discussion, because I had to draw myself back and say, I predicted that they want, they would win seven games. They've won three games through the first six. So are they really any worse or better than we, we thought they would be? No. And maybe the answer is no. I just think they're different from what they thought we thought they would be. The defense, the last three games, has really come on, where the offense continues to struggle. They have no quarterback play, and the offensive line is struggling, and they can't run the ball. So I think that's part of the issue there. But they're at three and three, so all the people, and I know you're one of these, Brian, who, who don't believe in Josh McDaniels and Coach, I think you're going to be disappointed because I think he's going to be around. Um, well, he's going to be around regardless. But I look at the teams they've played in talking about their defense, and the Patriots' offense is a joke. They were scoreless in their prior game. They're a 
bad football team. I think we all could agree the Green Bay Packers offense with a backup QB is also terrible. So while I can give a little bit of credit to the defense, I'm also going to disagree with you a little bit and say that, wow, the defense has really come on and they're... I'm, wait, I'm let's wait until and I'm not talking about the Chicago Bears either. Let's wait until they play a good football team with a with a pretty good offense or even an average offense and then I'll say to myself, "Okay, you know what? Defense is much improved. These have been hard-fought close football games against bad football teams." So I don't think this team is any better than they were at this point last year. I don't think they're any better than they were week 1 and and that's just my opinion. I don't know, do you disagree with that? No, I don't disagree with your point about the defense and who they're playing. But again, you know, this is a defense that's being rebuilt. You have to, you have to look at it and say, Hey, okay, who are you playing? What talent do you have? And yeah, they're beating up on bad teams. So you're right when they get, but that's what they have to do right now. I mean, think about it after next week, we'll see what happens in Chicago without Justin Fields. But if they come out of next week at four and three, I mean, Four and three. I mean, you could, you could talk about other teams that are not four and three right now, and they have to take advantage of the stretch because later in the year it will get brutal and you will see where that defense is compared to where the rest of the league is. But winning builds confidence and sometimes you'll get better play out of, out of a team because they have that confidence and they play over and they overachieve, I should say. So, so it'll be interesting to see. I don't disagree with you. I just think you take advantage of where you're at now, sure. and 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 this team still think. I still think seven wins is the is the ceiling for them. And Gully and Brian, let's kind of like uh, examine a little bit of that road ahead, right? The immediate road ahead. You talked about the possibility that that they could be four and three next week, Gully, right? Then they do play the Lions on Monday Night Football, where I don't expect them to get a victory there. And that's not that's not even just me being biased. That's me just you know kind of calling like I see it. But you could absolutely see a scenario, right, Scott Gulberson? where this is a Raider team that's two games over 500 after this next short stretch of games up until the matchup against Miami later on in uh, in the month. Right, because they have, they have like you said, the Lions. Nobody's going to give them a shot at that game, uh, especially with that Lions defense. And the, I mean, the, the Raiders may sc- struggle to score any points in that game. Mm-hmm. But you look at that one, then you look at a game against the Giants. Yeah. They play the Jets later on down the line. You're right. Miami's another going to be another really, really rough one for this team. But you look at that, and and that's where I get to the seven wins that I that I predicted in the in the preseason because I see that happening. I don't think they're going to beat really good teams. Now, crazy things could happen with injuries and and so on. So maybe they win eight games, whatever. But I don't think so. I think they are what they are. And and just to me, the offense has been so shockingly bad. Nobody expected, I didn't expect, Jimmy Garoppolo to be a top quarterback in this league. He's a mid-range quarterback, bridge quarterback. But he's been brutal, and the offense can't run the ball, and so it's very difficult. And I'm sure Devontae Adams isn't happy right now because, again, he doesn't factor much in the game because they're not unable to target him. Yeah. Again, if you're just joining us, uh, Scott Gully Galbranson, co-creator of the Silver and Black Today podcast, talking about the Raiders, and they did get the W over the weekend against a very bad Patriots team. On a brighter side of things, I, I, I'm not very fond of Bill Belichick personally, so it does. I do enjoy it a little bit when I see him suffering in the press conference yesterday where he's just always been in a bad mood, at least this season, short answers. He's usually always like that, but it seems like it's even worse yeah. this year, and he doesn't really want... All he wants to do is mumble up there and say, yeah, we just didn't make enough plays. But let me ask you this question about Bill Belichick. A lot of people regard Bill Belichick as probably the best coach of all time, 
Look at his record after Tom Brady left, well below 500. Because of his record since Tom Brady left, do you second-guess that now and say, well, geez, maybe he's not the best football coach of all time? No, I, I don't. I know a lot of people do, and I think it's a valid point of discussion. But I do think that you know, it, it, when you look at any championship run, you look at coaches, you look at players, and it's just a magical mix of things that happen at the same time. And I don't think it takes away from any of the accomplishments that either of them had, right? So, I mean, Tom Brady can walk away because he went and won a Super Bowl somewhere else. So I get that argument there. But I think Bill Belichick did. I mean, if you look at see what he did with those teams, too, I think he deserves some of that credit as well. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a valid point, uh, but I don't think it'll take away from the fact that he's going to obviously be in the Hall of Fame. He was up for his 300th win mm-hmm. yesterday. Of course, he did not get it. He may not get it this year, which would be cr- incredible if he gets fired in New England without getting that 300 and stays on 299. Right. But look, I'm not a big fan either. At the same time, I do think that it, it was a mix of things. And yes, Tom Brady, without him, they, they don't seem to function. But, uh, hey, you know what? It's a good credit where credit is due. Interesting storyline. Gully, obviously, in this tilt against the Patriots, having a number of players right with New England connections, you know, the whole New England West mantra. Obviously, the head coach, a former assistant with Bill Belichick, uh, that kind of came into play and made it a little more interesting, right, as far as the matchup with the Patriots and uh, and New England, or excuse me, the Patriots and the, and, and the, uh, and the Raiders. But obviously... What happened again? Uh, it raised its ugly head, and that's, of course, a Jimmy Garoppolo injury gully, right? And now we have a scenario in yep. which uh, he has a, a back injury that is uh, it's questionable as to whether or not uh, what his status is going to be, essentially. And uh, they had to turn to Brian Hoy there in the second half. He played the entire second half through for 100-plus yard, 100 yards, uh, you know, wahoo. And uh, they could turn to Aiden O'Connell, maybe. Brian Hoy looks like it could be the – it just seems like uh, here we go again. Right, Scott? Scott Gulberson, <laughs> when it comes to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and his injury history. Yep. No question. And that was the, the big question mark coming in. I mean, forget about his abilities. I think everybody kind of knew what Jimmy Garoppolo was. He wasn't going to be a guy who lights it up. But his inability to stay on the field is a big issue. If he misses the game, which it appears, I mean, uh, Coach uh, McDaniel said today that he, he dodged a bullet, which means there might have been some internal injury concern, which is why he went to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And certainly, we're all glad to hear that that's not the case. You don't ever want to see that to happen to anybody. But at the same time, it just goes to show that he's not been reliable. They brought him in uh, to do that, to be efficient, to protect the ball. Uh, interception yesterday, you could argue either way on whether it was his fault because he is throwing balls to Devontae Adams that put Devontae Adams in in jeopardy as well from a health perspective, because if you've seen a couple of those passes here, it's just been hammered as we saw yesterday as well. So, so we'll see. But again, I think that's part of the problem. You talk about Brian Hoyer, nobody in the world wanted to see Brian Hoyer yesterday. Of course, they rather see Aiden O'Connell, but listen, Brian Hoyer came in threw the ball to Trey Tucker for the longest pass of the season for the Raiders, by the way, down the field. And what happened guys, they backed off, playing defense and, and 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 stacking the box. And then Josh Jacobs had his longest run of the last several weeks, right? So I think it goes to show you that a huge part of the problem here is Jimmy Garoppolo and quarterback. They are unable to open up the offensive playbook. It's part of the re- issues they're having in the red zone too. 
they're unable to open the playbook because the quarterback is not giving them any consistent play. So they can't run the ball because their offensive line is regressed. It's just an all, it's all coming together. But yeah, I I don't disagree with you, but don't we blame Josh McDaniels for that? This was his Mm -hmm. guy. Josh McDaniels was the player here that got rid of Derek Carr and wanted to bring his guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, in here. This is, to me, this is all on Josh McDaniels and the fact that Mark Davis hired him to begin with. Yeah, and I listen, I, I wrote a story up on sportsnot.com last week about saying Jimmy Garoppolo is is a bust. And they they put their whole every dollar they had, they put, I mean, they made a big bet on Jimmy Garoppolo and it's come up snake eyed. It's nothing, right? It's nothing. And it's a big issue because this team moving forward, again, if they win seven games, doesn't matter. What what they need to do now is if Jimmy Garoppolo can't stay on the field, if he can't perform then you got to give a chance to the kid, see what he can do. He might be a fourth-round pick that that ends up being a starter in the NFL, or he might be a career backup. You don't know, but you need to be able to see it. But clearly, it's not working out, and it wasn't working before he got hit yesterday either. A little sweet revenge, too, right, for Gully and uh, Brian Shapiro, for uh, Jacoby Myers. He gets a touchdown in the game yesterday against his former team. And how about how this thing played out? At the end, Shap mm. and Gully, where you had a, a line that closed in most books uh, from a sports betting, all right, as a field goal favorite for the uh, for Las Vegas Raiders, and you get Max Crosby and Bilal combining for that sack for a safety at the end of the game to a send safety. all the silver and black that had some ducats on their squad home happy with that four point win. Yeah, it was uh, that was a fun one, right? I mean, to see that happen. But yeah, it's 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 crazy. And again, the defense two weeks in a row has made a play to win it. And uh it's it you have to because your offense isn't doing anything. I mean, listen, six of seven possessions in the red zone, and they had one touchdown. Mm-hmm. So it's a big problem, and there's a lot of issues related to that, the passing game, the inability to run the ball. So it's not easily solved. How uh disgusting was that Sunday night game last night? I mean, how gross was that game? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I don't know what it's Buffalo terrible. was doing, and I, I, you want to give some credit to the Giants' defense, fine, but you want to talk about mismanagement, too, with the Giants at the end of the first half and time management issues, and then the fact that Buffalo couldn't do – they looked terrible out there. I mean, they just didn't look very yeah. good, and, and they struggled to beat – and they got lucky, in my opinion, to to get the W against the Giants. Listen, they're not the only team. We look at other teams like the 49ers. There were some other surprises yesterday, but – just some really bad performances by what I would consider some good football teams that did not play good football yesterday. Yeah, I agree on the bill. I think the bills too. I mean, listen, I know they stand at four and two right now, but they are one of the most disappointing teams I've seen, especially on the AFC side, because a lot of people were picking this team to maybe unseat the chiefs this year and and, and last year mm-hmm. and be right there with the Bengals who've struggled too. And, and, and we should have seen it because listen, I think the window for the bills actually is closing. Josh Allen's a, a good quarterback. He struggled at times this year, but they're old on defense. If you look at where they're at on defense, they're, they're getting old fast. And I don't think that they're going to be able to survive, especially with some of these younger teams coming along in the AFC. But yesterday, did you guys, I felt yesterday's slate, was perhaps the weirdest mm. and kind of lackluster slate of NFL Sunday games I've seen in a while. I mean, there's a couple of good ones. Obviously, the Cleveland-San Francisco game was interesting. Mm. But overall, I just kind of 
I felt like I had just gone to the dentist. I was like, okay, yeah, my teeth are clean, but that wasn't exactly fun. Oh, golly, Shap kind of alluded to it, right? When it came to a couple of those top teams losing, right? In, in, in the last yeah. question for you, look, we talked Raiders with you, but uh, how about how about the, the top of that NFC? We talked about obviously my Detroit Lions getting a win, a win they're expected to have basically this week, but uh, both the San Francisco 49ers go down, and the, and of course the Philadelphia Eagles as well too go down, and now uh, you've got three teams in the NFC sitting at five and one at the top of that conference. And look, I know, and this isn't just because you're sitting there, Chris, and right. you're and you're beaming with that radiance after Honolulu blue and silver just 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 seeping out yeah. of my pores. Scott Gulberson and Brian yeah. Shapiro, yeah. the PTL Nation out there, but, but I love it. But I, I I say it this way: I still think the 49ers are the most complete team in the NFC, even though the loss and Purdy didn't look good against Cleveland. Okay, mm-hmm. but I still think they're the best team when you look at completeness. But Who's the best team playing right now in the NFC? To me, it's absolutely the Detroit Lions. Not only that, the Lions are 13 and three going back to week eight last year. 13 and three. So this is not anything new. They had a lot of injuries last year. They still had injury. I mean, look, David Montgomery went out yesterday and they overcame that. And you got to like what they're doing. And yes, they have some weak spots on that Lions team. But overall, you look at the schedule and what's coming down the line, it's very favorable to them. If they're fully healthy going into the playoffs, if I'm San Francisco, if I'm Philadelphia, if any of those teams, I do not want to play the Lions uh, in the playoffs uh, yeah. if they don't get the first seed. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Who would have thought that we'd be talking about that now? We're only six weeks in. Right. Uh, it's a long season. It's but still we'll see. early. It's still yeah, early. Yeah, a quick response uh, to that, Brian. Look, I mean, and, and to that point, Dan Campbell, look, I was completely wrong on him, Gully and Brian. Uh, I initially yeah, thought of him as kind of like, you know, his initial press conference coming out, boisterous, you know, kind of brag, braggadicious, uh, almost like a meathead, right? Colin Cowherd actually described him as kind of meathead-esque <laughs> in that press conference. Look, I mean, I, I I was completely wrong. My foot is in my mouth on Dan Campbell as a head coach. It's, I mean, and 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 you just alluded to it, Gully, that uh, this team, you know, being ten games over five hundred in the last sixteen games is pretty extraordinary for him as a head coach. Absolutely, and yeah. and listen, I think I think the rest of the year will be interesting to watch how the Lions progress. I'm enamored with as a football fan watching what. Mike McDaniel's doing with that Dolphins offense, mm-hmm. right? I'm not saying the Dolphins are a Super Bowl team. They may be, who knows? It is fun. He's actually reinventing the game with what he's doing with motion sure. on offense there. So, it, it, you know, there's a lot of good things to watch the rest of the season, and certainly the Lions yep. are one of those stories. And, Gully, you know, I'll keep you on, and, and I'll just uh, uh, talking about uh, UNLV football, uh, a nice win on the road. Uh, no matter how bad Nevada Reno is, no matter how bad the Mountain West Conference is, <laughs> the fact that UNLV football is 5-1 and one is, is, to me – monumental considering that this is coach Odom's first year. I said it when they hired him that I thought he was exactly the person they needed, the right person for the job who recruits locally, uh, who gets it, who's great with the media players love, love him. I've talked to multiple players that just love playing for this guy. Um, UNLV is going to make a bowl game this year. And I know we're a little early on this because I have no idea what the matchup will be, but I wouldn't be surprised if UNLV won a bowl game for the first time in decades. Uh, so uh, UNLV football fans have a lot to be excited about. The future looks bright for UNLV football. It does. And, you know, listen, I had given up on it. I'm, I'm Frank. I'm an alum. I graduated in 1995 and all that jazz, but I was done. I, and I've been making fun of that program for years because – I never believed that they could turn it around. As have I. They finally got a coach, and, <laughs> and they finally got a coach. And listen, 
Uh, I mean, Marcus Arroyo was a joke. I never thought Horrible. he was going to do well. And yep. not only that, but you hear about the backstories. I know you guys heard too. Not mm -hmm. good stuff. But now they bring in Barry Odom. We know who Barry Odom is. And, you know, I was a little skeptical at first. But listen, he's he's got those kids believing. Mm -hmm. The freshman quarterback. Look. From Liberty. I mean, it, yep. it doesn't matter what level of play you're at. Exactly. What level of play you're at, you need to have a good quarterback. And they seem to have found it. And they're winning. And look, three votes for the top 25. When the hell was the last time that happened? Probably <laughs> well, never. That's true. So, and, and the fact was that it Icky Woods playing for him, but last time they were in the top twenty-five, it's been so, a long right? time. But the fact that this, yeah. the fact that we got a high, uh, a kid who played high school ball here who's just bawling, mm -hmm. and the fact that he's not Great story. not putting Brumfeld in there, he's keeping the hot hand, which I think is a smart move. And they're physical. They're they are now what I would consider a physical football team. They've always been soft on defense. This is a physical football team that actually, even though Vanderbilt say what you want about that team, UNLV was more physical than Vanderbilt. Uh, so I'm really excited yeah. for this UNLV football team, and I'm also going to give kudos where kudos uh, is due to our athletic director over there because I think Harper, who's mm -hmm. been on this show multiple times, I think he knows he knows what he's doing. He played Division One college football. He got rid of Arroyo, something that Desiree Reed Francois, the Joker, would never have done. That's what I call her. She's the Joker. Uh, and, uh, you know, she made some bad hires here. Uh, Odom was a really good hire. It's going to pay dividends. It already is. And I give kudos to Harper for pulling the trigger and getting rid of Arroyo and bringing a guy in here that knows what he's doing. Yes. And, and, and also, you got to say, and we'll see what happens, Kevin Kruger, your move, man. Like you got to bring basketball. Yeah. Basketball's got to come back. We're seeing yeah. football now, and uh, women's and, the women's and team is great. My, Let's not, yeah, sorry to the women's yeah. team. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. So, so you you have the opportunity, I think, to to start to really change the whole the whole trajectory of you and yeah. the athletics. If you can get football where it's at now and continue that. And then get basketball rolling again uh, with both sides are obviously the women doing good. Can you get the men moving? Can you get some of the other sports like softball that have been traditionally great? If you could do that, then maybe you get some more excitement going over there on Maryland Parkway. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, this is a very important year for Kevin. I like Kevin. We all like Kevin. He's a great guy. We loved when he played here. His yep. father, his family. Classy. I got nothing negative to say about Kev, but let's be honest. It's now year three. You have the players. They had a mm -hmm. great job recruiting. I know he's had a bunch of different assistant yeah. coaches. So now's the time. There's no excuses now. It's year three. Kevin needs to compete for a Mountain West Conference title. Uh, Gully, you're always competing for a, a PTL title. No question about that. Always appreciate <laughs> it when you come on. Uh, great job, uh, as always, my friend. And, and uh, we will catch up with you next week. Have a great week, my friend. Thanks, Gully. I I appreciate it, guys. Look forward to talking to you. And when the Raiders are maybe four and three. Wow. Uh oh. How about that? Crazy. Crazier things have happened. Take care, guys. They're gonna be. Thanks. They're gonna Thanks, be four Gully. and three. Appreciate it, Gully. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, listen. I'm not gonna put any exuberant. Uh, comments into what the Raiders have done the last couple <laughs> weeks. They beat two bad football teams, and now they're playing even a worse team in the Chicago Bears. Uh, yeah, like next week, you're not going to yeah. be able to bag on them, Brian, because they're probably going to be 4-3 well, they are. when they knock off Chicago next week. They're so terrible. It's going to be tough uh, the Aces, to like, criticize them, really. I, I want to say real quickly, because we only yeah. got a couple more minutes, the yeah. Aces are in a lot of trouble. Um, Chelsea Gray... Uh, is probably out for the rest of this. Uh, now, listen, I don't know this for sure, but I'm just. You going haven't by, gone on social media. Have you I'm checked out by, exactly what the deal I'm is? Going by yeah. what I saw. Okay. She had said she felt like she popped something. Mm -hmm. Um, and I heard that through some sources. And then there's videos of her where she had to be helped off in, in this hallway. She couldn't put any pressure on it. And some members of the media saw her in crutches. When you see somebody on crutches, that means not only they're not returning for the next game, but they're out for the series. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I do not believe the Aces win this series without Chelsea Gray. Now, I didn't believe the Aces were going to win this series to start. Uh, the, the first two games, they were, they were magnificent. Uh, they would have lost this game whether Chelsea Gray got hurt or not in game three, but she is more than just a scorer and a good defensive player. She is your floor general, right? And she's part of the glue of that team. Yes. She really is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so even though there's no, listen, there's no official update on Chelsea Gray. Um, uh, injury reports for game four, four aren't due out until 5 p.m. Eastern the day before. So in this case, that would be Tuesday, our time at 2 p.m. Uh, I can almost guarantee you that she's not going to be playing in game four. And I'd be shocked if she played in game five. That's my personal yeah. opinion. Um, but the good news for me is if there is a game five, I might be able to hang out with Vivica Fox again. So absolutely. Yeah, so that's, there's, there's always there's always a silver lining, are, right? In a situation your, like that. Why are your friends such haters on me? By we're the way, not, we're not. What do you mean? Your friends. You're, when you say your friends, you're actually saying me, too, because I'm part of your friends circle. So, yeah, I mean, no, we just love having fun with you because you you're you are you you, you do you do take a little love. You, you, you got a lot of love for these opportunities you get that are, you know, outside the norm, and it's fine. We just like to have a little fun with you. That's all it is. That's okay. all it is. That's and by the way, you had a great transition here because on the back end of the show, you're talking aces, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be filling in for T.C. Martin on the other side of uh, the 2 o'clock hour, myself and Marco D'Angelo. Oh, today? So we're going to talk. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go right to the horse's mouth. The horse, I mean. I'm talking about T.C. Martin because he's, oh. he's there in New York. And uh, find and maybe maybe he's got maybe more details as far as Chelsea Gray and her availability with the Aces. But uh, I, I would concur with you, Brian. I think that uh, it's going to be an issue for them if Chelsea's not able to play the rest of the series, and it appears that she's not going to do so. Yeah, uh, I, it, I, I, it, it I, could I, be really in jeopardy. They're back to back. I would be willing to bet WNBA anybody. Titles. She definitely doesn't play in Game Four, and yeah. I'd be surprised if she even did play. She's going to be nowhere near a hundred percent. You know, we don't even know the seriousness of the injury, but uh, I could be wrong. But I think the Aces are in trouble. We'll see what happens. All right, see when we Fun got a, Monday. We got a Vegas Golden Knights game yeah. to attend tomorrow night. Yes, we uh, do. That's going to be fun against Dallas, right? If I'm not Dallas mistaken. Stars in town. Uh, so that's going to be fun, and uh, I look forward to ragging on you at the Vegas Golden Knights game and and betting against you. Uh, all right, Chris, thanks for being here as Absolutely. always. Appreciate that and filling in for me Thursday, Friday. I owe you some money. Right, we, we have a financial parlay money a, for the fade handicapper, but not we really. Have a, we have see a when caveman Kino financial exactly. agreement. All right, everybody. Uh, you're going to be joined by Chris Wynn coming up next. Uh, I've never said that before. Uh, yeah. I don't know. All right. That was, a little, that, that, was, that was a little strange for you, wasn't it? It was a little weird. Yeah, yeah it was strange. All right, folks, have a great day. <laughs>